0: Welcome to the Game of Crowdfunding, Interview Edition, recorded Tuesday, August 25th, 2015. This is Paul Koska, owner of Brick and Brack Games, and I am your host for tonight's episode of the Game of Crowdfunding. A quick shout-out to Torin, who supports All Us Geeks over on Patreon. Thanks so much, Torin, You're a rock star. If you'd like a shout-out too, make sure to check out our Patreon page. There should be a link in the show notes. And now, on to the interview. And who is joining me this evening on Google Hangouts?
1: Uh, this is Nick, Marcraft.
0: And Nick, what uh, what's your company name?
1: Uh, Pawn Joker Games.
0: Pawn Joker Games. Make sure to write that down, everybody. You're going to want that for later. Now, Nick has a, uh, a Kickstarter. It's going to come out just a couple of days after this goes live over on All Us Geeks. And we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that a little later on in the show. But first, we have, of course, the patented Jeff King warm-up questions, and we will commence with those first. Um, Nick, when you're not making games, what do you do for a living?
1: Uh, Currently, I'm a tape factory worker.
0: A tape factory?
1: Yeah, I work at a tape factory. Like
0: like scotch tape?
1: Absolutely, like scotch tape, exactly.
0: That's interesting. What without
1: it's really not
0: <laughs> well, it's, it's interesting to me who who knows very little about tape yeah. except that i fix things with it what right. what do you do
1: um uh, my my job role is to watch a machine make the plastic dispensers i
0: pretty mean much. I, I feel like there's a lot of people out there who would be very jealous of a job where you could just watch a machine do a thing i, and I know it's probably pretty boring but i bet there's a lot of people out there who would be like yeah i'd watch that machine I'd watch that machine all day. <laughs>
1: that's how I felt about it too. Yeah, that's fascinating
0: because because that's definitely not something uh anybody else who has come on the show has been. So that's a first. There you go. Um tape factory. That's that's really fascinating. Now, this is all us geeks, of course, so we have to ask the obvious question what makes you a geek?
1: Uh besides gaming?
0: besides gaming Uh, (laughs) you know there's obviously you're here for games that's you know but besides that what makes you a geek
1: i i'm really huge into netflix i watch pretty much every sci-fi show that i can you
0: know okay so what's uh what's your
1: sci-fi channel is my most watched channel what's
0: uh what's the, the the show that's playing right now what's what's at the top of your netflix queue
1: the top of my Netflix queue is not actually a sci-fi show, at least not on the sci-fi channel. I'm trying to power through the uh, second season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.
0: Oh, superheroes. That's, well, that's suitably geeky as well. No, no reason to hide that. In terms of sci-fi, maybe the channel or just the, the genre, uh, what's your favorite television show?
1: Uh, Currently or no longer airing?
0: Uh, Do one and then the other, maybe.
1: Uh, Currently it's actually face off. I'm really, really big in the face off. I enjoy watching people's creations. It's pretty, actually very interesting show. Oh, the special effects uh, makeup show. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, that one's cool. Uh,
1: Yeah. And then off not airing, it's gotta be Firefly. Everybody, everybody knows that one.
0: A lot of people out there silently cheering, as they listen to this at their desk while they pretend to work. Yeah. Um, that's definitely a favorite out there. Do you have this is the next Jeff King patented question, do you have any geek level passions for anything that most people would not consider geeky?
1: Um hmm not really. Uh I don't do much that's not geeky. I'm more both- I enjoy sometimes mowing the lawn. I suppose that's not necessarily geeky.
0: You mowing the, that's see, there's a there's an answer. There's an answer. You got one there. What uh, what is it about mowing the lawn that really that really gets you going?
1: I'm alone with my geeky thoughts.
0: You know that's underrated, and I, and I can actually really appreciate that too. Of of the many chores that have to be done in the world, one of the few that I don't actively dislike is mowing the lawn. Because it's really peaceful. As long as you can kind of, you know, get the drone out of your mind. Um yeah, you you get to like kind of contemplate and then maybe make cool designs. And if you got a riding lawnmower, you're on a riding lawnmower and that's really cool.
1: Mm-hmm. My thoughts exactly.
0: See, I I'm I'm with you and several people just turned off. But that's okay. That's okay. They don't appreciate they don't appreciate the awesomeness of lawn mowing. So finally, what drives you to do what you do? Why make games? Why not something else? Why did it come out in terms of games?
1: Well, when I was when I was younger, I uh, I played a lot of games. I was pretty much raised on games, but it wasn't really until I started playing collectible card games, TCGs like Pokemon and Yu Gi Oh, mm-hmm. and later in life Magic, and I'm with in the realm of those games, I'm very much a Johnny mentality player. I play more to build these cool, rogue, weird decks that still manage to work in a competitive atmosphere. And I think that creativity drove me to want to design games, primarily at TCG, but then I kind of started playing other designer board games, and the creative juices just flowed into making those kind of things. So I guess I, I contribute... Yu-Gi-Oh! as my biggest influence as far as wanting to learn how to create games.
0: So is it a lot about the experimentation? Is that right?
1: It's really... Uh, the, the process of making the game is definitely fun, but I, I find it just building something from nothing is a huge passion of mine. I, I write in my spare time from time to time. I even have a published novel out there so I, I write a lot because I like creating something from nothing. Mm-hmm. Well,
0: let's uh let's let's divert a little bit. So is this um is this novel something you you self published or did someone uh, someone published it on your behalf?
1: Someone published it on my behalf. Yeah, uh, American Star Publishing.
0: Well, it's awesome. To talk about a little bit. I mean, you're here, you're advertising yourself, make a couple bucks, and gets a couple of books sold. What's it Absolutely.
1: about? Absolutely. Uh, uh the, the book's titled Carnage is a Typical zombie apocalypse thing because you write what you know, right? Zombies were a huge thing um, when I was writing that book. I believe the first season of The Walking Dead just ended when I started writing that thing. Mm. So I just wrote what I would, would be like in the zombie apocalypse and I changed the main character's name to something else, you know? And uh, That's fantastic. Yeah. Where,
0: where can people find it?
1: You can actually find it on Amazon and I believe it's on Barnes & Noble online.
0: Well that's killer. So, you know, as you're as you're listening here at home, go ahead and look that up real quick and, and uh make Nick a, a couple bucks by buying a book. Um Yeah, do that. Now going back to to games, we're obviously we're talking about a game here. We'll talk about the, the project itself pretty soon. Um is this the first game that you have made?
1: Uh it is not. Uh I've spent quite a few years as a at-home hobby game designer where i designed little prototypes on flashcards and played them with my friends and family. This is the, uh, I think this is actually the second attempt at a quality looking product.
0: So what kind of games uh, did you make beforehand?
1: Um, father geek actually reviewed a game called peril that I published through the game crafter. And, uh, the other one, I wanted to experiment experiment with Kickstarter, so I threw up one of my games I developed. It was a tile laying uh, strategy game called called Obviously, Obviously, didn't do very well because I knew nothing about Kickstarter at the time I did that, but it was a good learning experience. As was my recent failure on Kickstarter.
0: And we'll and we'll talk about that. And we'll talk about your journey through the land of of Kickstarter. Uh, but, but first, why, why self-publishing? You know, I mean, it's a, it's a tough, tough market out there. A lot, not a lot of publishers and a lot of games. But why did you decide to go the route of doing it yourself as opposed to maybe pitching others this game?
1: That's an excellent question. Learning, I went to college for game design, and there's where I learned that publishers often take what the game designer makes and then just reskins it to what they think the best theme at the best time of year is. And that's all fine and dandy for some of the games that I've designed in my head, but I got a couple that I'm so strongly attached to the theme that I really can't just let them go and have a publisher change the theme to barbarians and mice or whatever. That's a so, f-
0: that's a fair point. And uh this is a good good thing for everyone Listening to note. Most people who are listening are probably at least someone interested in games. If you have a game and you are pitching it to publishers, this is a very true thing. Publishers want your mechanics. Sometimes they want your theme. But what they really want is your mechanics. So if you are pitching your game to a publisher and you really want to get it published by someone else, you cannot be married to your art or your theme. Because some will go with you and, and do what you want, and some just don't care. they'll you know they'll get their art on it, they'll get their theme on it that matches their book of games and put it out there. So that's a really good point. If you are really attached to your theme, publishing is probably not the way to go for you for someone else. So you instead went to Kickstarter and you said this was not so we're talking about we're kind of venturing into the game here. You said this was not your first foray in Kickstarter. You had one previous to this?
1: Yes, I have my personal Kickstarter account that I threw a, a tile-laying game that I made, just, you know, because I, I didn't know how Kickstarter worked, how Kickstarter operated, so I wanted to uh, chip my tooth on it, so to speak, and kind of get familiar with the whole era, the whole arena of Kickstarter, and that's what I do with that game. And I was much younger and i didn't really care what happened to the game i just was more interested in the knowledge gained than the actual success of the game
0: well and how did that go
1: well (laughs) i got two backers because i asked them to just so i knew what it looked like to get a backer uh it was i was like a two-week campaign it didn't last long at all i just wanted to know what it felt like so i wasn't completely blindsided when i if when or if I come back to Kickstarter, which I ended up doing. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, and you know, there's there's nothing lost by it. You know, it doesn't cost mm-hmm. anything to put a game on the Kickstarter. Um, and so it just, you know, if you just put something on there and just see how it goes, you know, you don't, nothing ventured, nothing gained, right? And you never know. You exactly. might end up with a potato salad on your hands. So that's that's a, that's actually an interesting way to go about it. I did not do that. I might, <laughs> perhaps I should have. Um, but that's, uh, I I can definitely see the the thought behind that. Now let's let's actually talk a little bit about the game in terms of its previous journey on Kickstarter. So this is a game called Smoking Aces, and we'll talk about the mechanics and all of that in a little bit. Um, but first, let's talk about, and this is as much for education for you know people who are thinking about kickstarting their own games as for anything else. Um, Smoking Aces was previously on Kickstarter. And my first question would be, how much preparation do you feel that you did prior to it first ending up on Kickstarter?
1: Not enough. <laughs> um, I, I, read, I researched a lot. I read Jamie Stagmeyer's blogs. Um, I, like I said, I researched as much as I possibly could. Uh, fortunately, I was unemployed for two months before that game went hit Kickstarter and the moment I started Pond Joker Games. So, I mean, I had two months to basically research and promote Smoking Aces as hardcore as I could. And, you know, basically just uh, setting up enough social media to bring people to the idea of pawn joker games and smoking aces i created a website all the stuff that people that blogs and research told me to do i did except for a couple of steps that i didn't have the money to do which i recuperated for the second time around at least some of them some of the points
0: Okay, what um what points do you feel you did not hit in the preparation
1: reviewers i didn't have enough money to send a bunch of reviewers review copies of the game so i sent print and play copies to the reviewers that were willing to accept print and play mm-hmm. copies of the game which wasn't that difficult to do because all i needed for smoke and aces was a list of the effects and an actual 52 card playing deck mm-hmm. but fortunately i got two reviewers who reviewed the games and they you know they had always good things to say this time around I've gotten three or four other ones because I've had some money saved up.
0: and what did you do in terms of, of social media prior to and, and during that first Kickstarter campaign?
1: Well, leading up to it, I started following all the big publishers like uh, you know AEG and Tasty Minstrel and all the, all the industry professionals. So, I can learn from them how they promote their games. And then I started following some of the other indie companies uh, to learn how they're doing it for their upcoming Kickstarter games. And uh, really, it was just kind of like a friend them, hope they friend me, hope their friends friend me,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, and learning from how they promote their games so that I can do it, emulate them in a way when I get around to doing it.
0: Okay, so in all that preparation and social media and all that, what is the best piece of advice or the best example you saw or the the best thing you took away from all that?
1: Uh, Well, it's tough to say. There's a lot of good lessons from watching all that, but definitely the more time people have to know about your game... The more people that are going to know about the game, like you can tell one person something three years ago, and now fifty people know about it now. Word of mouth kind of thing. It takes time to snowball.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think this is a point that, uh, particularly, a lot of people just getting into it don't really get their heads around because they're you know they're worried about maybe you know who knows how many different things like uh, maybe someone will steal their mechanics or maybe there's another thing out there like theirs, and so they keep it hidden. They keep it in a bushel instead of getting it out there to people, um, which sure, that'll prevent other people from stealing your game. But, you know, if you're at home and you're an amateur designer, just uh, remember, no one wants to steal your game. No one cares. Um, They might want to play your game, but making a game is a hell of a lot of work and everybody has their own ideas. No one, no one cares at all about yours. So get it out there get people playing and get people looking at it. So what is the best thing that you feel you did either in the preparation for the campaign or during the campaign? What is the the best thing that you did?
1: Um actually getting out there and doing it. I mean taking the first step was definitely the hardest thing to do because you're completely blind. You don't know exactly what you're doing. So I mean just just getting out there and starting liking people Trying to spread the word, going on forums, talk, talking about your company, your game, all that. It's it's hard to take that first step when nobody knows you because a lot of times you're just going to get ignored. And I, and I still get that from time to time when I make posts on forums or Twitter updates. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's just something to deal with in that realm of media.
0: So obviously, you know, as we're talking about this being at second go round, smoking aces did not meet its goal. So what during the process or or perhaps before, what do you feel was the biggest misstep that you had during the campaign or in its preparation?
1: Something I something I think I learned pretty pretty quickly into going into the campaign, about a week after I started the campaign, I started seeing all these other campaigns coming up and funding or at least getting 50% a lot faster. In my games and games that I've never heard of games I've researched. And then seems like they didn't do as much work up front that I felt like I did. And the major thing between my game and those games is theme. My game just like looks like a poker game. theirs have wizards throwing fireballs and whatever else. So theme is a huge component on Kickstarter, particularly since it's such a visual medium that smoking ACE is even going into the second relaunch the relaunch is going to struggle with because it is just poker cards with effects that makes really interesting gameplay.
0: So what are, what are you doing to try to combat that? What are you trying to do to, you know, to, to up the, the ante there, so to speak.
1: One of the things I felt was pretty weak in my first Kickstarter was my, my welcome video or my, uh, my project video. So I, I did, I redid that as cinematically as possible to try to represent something visually entertaining. And I'm adding a lot more images of the actual prototype cards, uh, the deck components, as much visual eye candy as I can into the actual Kickstarter campaign Mm -hmm. this time around, because I have to make up for the lack of theme somehow.
0: And what advice would you give to someone who is just starting their first Kickstarter project? Who's never done this before?
1: Uh, make sure you have a lot of reviewers and get as many people as possible to play your game and spread the word.
0: So, have you taken uh, have you taken Smoking Aces to any uh, any groups, any conventions, or anything like that? Been able to to reach out in that way?
1: Sadly, no. <laughs> Really annoys me because I really want to. But mm-hmm. again, it's like I'm tight on money now because I spent all of it getting games out to reviewers right. and all this other stuff. It's like I'm, I'm working a lot staring at this stupid machine making plastic molds
0: mm-hmm.
1: just to make bills. you know. But uh, I am planning a community get together in my local town with a bunch of other board game enthusiasts that I will definitely be demoing Smoke Aces with them at that event, but that's localized to people in my area, people who happen to know me or don't know me. Well,
0: you know, it's, uh, it's a step, you know, definitely don't discredit, um, you know, what a local presence can do, uh, because you might be surprised how many people in your area, and this goes for you and for people at home too. You might be surprised how many people out there are just waiting for someone to come invite them to a game. And once it happens, like, bam, there's a lot of people. I mean, here, Uh, In Missoula, Montana, which is not a very large place, um, you know, they have a a convention here and people come from states away just because they want to come play games and interact in that kind of setting. So, you know, definitely could be a cool resource to just kind of gather the people that are that are nearby. So kind of moving into Smoking Aces itself. Why don't you give me the elevator pitch? For smoking aces,
1: smoking aces is a hybrid poker strategy game where players need to battle each other in an ever-changing game state to adapt and assemble the best scoring hand by the end of the game. It's been equaled. Uh, it's been at least somebody's said it was like magic crossed with poker.
0: There you go. If you like magic or like poker, you just had your elevator pitch. Now, how long have you have you been in development with the game?
1: Um, I want to say since winter, but I can't exactly remember the the precise month or date that I actually came up with the concept. Mm-hmm. But you know, I, I when I get a concept, I stick it in my head, back in my head, for months on end as I develop some sort of solid thing that i can write down on post-it notes or in this case with smoking aces i just had to write it down in excel spreadsheet Mm -hmm. print that off and play with an actual deck of cards you know and and from that point when i actually did manage to prototype it and play it it took me about three months of unemployment to get it to where it's at now
0: right and um did you reach out to to family to test this to friends um who I,
1: who in your circle? yeah i have a i have a gaming group that i try to get together with mm-hmm. that's my friends and family combinations of both and it's it's a great group to play with because there's some hardcore people and then there's some casual people who don't really like playing games but they still enjoy a lot of more family-friendly games and uh it's a it's a good group because i get opinions from both sides of the table i get hardcore opinions and i get the casual opinions and then i have a second group that are primarily magic players you know the hardcore magic players spend i'd be dying to have on magic cards they gave it a go too so that's kind of like my final resort after i test a game i bring it to them to see if it's you know worth its salt
0: nice now let's uh you know if you're listening to this at home and it's beyond september 9th uh then smoking aces should be on Kickstarter right now. So let's let's start reaching out to those people right now. If someone is really into poker, how is smoking aces different than than the poker game they play on the weekends?
1: Every single card in smoking aces has a unique ability. Well, forty eight of them do. They're deuces of wilds for each suit. But anyway, the other forty eight cards have a unique. Effect or a unique trigger to a similar like effect that causes your opponent difficulty to make any sort of matching hand, scoring hand, or helps you to better get cards with better effects or to make a better hand. It, it adds a much deeper layer of strategy through the card effects than typically in typical poker. I mean. Gambling only goes so far, as far as out beating, outwitting your opponent. Mm-hmm.
0: And if someone you know, is very familiar with poker, is this something they can pick up pretty easily and you know without a whole lot of difficulty in play?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, I was play I play tested with a lot of casual players as well as hardcore players. So the one of the major drives is to make the game simple to learn and simple to play. So it's basically take a card, play a card resolve the effect. So anybody who's familiar with poker is going to have a lot better chance because they know the poker hierarchy. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's that in itself is simple enough to learn. And the gameplay is also very simple. So anybody can pick up this game, read the rules and then play. It's just, if you memorize the scoring or not, is going to be the larger deciding factor.
0: All right. Now, if someone is not so much in a poker What can you what can you say to that person? What's the draw for them? Who's you know they are not so not so sure on poker, but you know maybe they maybe they're into the strategy part of it. What what what's in it for them?
1: If it's the gambling that you're afraid of in poker, Smoke and Aces works just as well without gambling as it does with gambling. So you can play without gambling and just basically play a really cutthroat take that game as long as you're at least somewhat familiar. Or have the scoring, the poker scoring in front of you, so you know what's a good hand and what's not, you'll be, you'll be pretty good. You'll I mean, be really good at strategizing.
0: Alright. Now for you, what is what is the coolest thing about the game for you?
1: <laughs> my, my best friend and I are very competitive people. Uh, we have banned risk since we were 18 years old because neither of us can win because we turn two, we just start attacking each other. So, it's it's really great that this game has the ability to screw over anybody you want, and that's kind of what we do. I mean, I like to destroy anything of his that matches. He you has know, two jacks. I kill a jack. It's 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 so much fun to be able to play your last card in your hand and kill something that's high scoring in somebody else's hand. It's it's a lot of fun. It's a lot like Magic, so, I guess. So this is
0: this is definitely a game. Uh, you would say then for for competitive players. This is for really sticking it to your opponent.
1: That That is a major aspect of this game, yes.
0: Now, if someone is on the fence about pledging, what can you say to them right now to get them to hop onto the Kickstarter page and make a pledge?
1: Uh, well, I can say this isn't necessarily going to be my first game. It's not the only game I've made. So any donations to this game just increases my my comfortability level and my confidence going into future games so even if you don't like the idea of poker or strategy donate a dollar it's going to go a long way
0: all right now let's talk about the uh the campaign itself just a little bit here um it's launching on september 9th and Mm -hmm. how long is it running
1: it's running for fifty four days. One day for every card you get. Fifty four days.
0: All right. So you got lots of time out there to to hop on and and grab a copy for yourself. And what is uh, what is the goal?
1: Uh, I've in the first time around, I was looking at a uh, pretty pretty good manufacturer, and I was trying to hit their goal. But since I don't really want to fail again, i switched switch manufacturers to a much more affordable manufacturer. So my goal has reduced from the 4,000 in the first campaign down to only
0: 1,500. Okay. So $1,500. And how much, uh, how much is the game itself?
1: The game itself is
0: $15. Okay. So $15 for the game and a goal of 1,500. Um, that tells me that, if what is that? 100 people get get yep. on board, then uh, then we're gonna get Smoking Aces funded. Now, besides the game itself, are there any other uh, pledge levels that might pique some interest out there?
1: Uh, for Minnesota backers, uh, at the hundred dollars, they get two signed copies of Smoking Aces with the optional delivery by me, so that they can hand me my own butt in the game if they're good at it.
0: Nice. And anything else that might uh, might get people, you know, sucked in a little bit to hopping on board, maybe higher than that fifteen dollar base pledge.
1: Um, I don't really want to inundate people with higher than a fifteen dollar pledge. I, I want to make the game affordable to everybody. I haven't mm-hmm. really thought much about a twenty or twenty five dollar pledge level. I could do a twenty five dollar for two games. I'm on the fence about that, honestly. Hmm. I I just um have to flip a coin I guess on that because I did see a lot of $25 pledges in the first campaign so I figure it can't hurt to have it but then again do I really want to have it so we'll see
0: we'll see You got there's a mystery at this point so those at home you gotta go on to the Kickstarter page you gotta find out if indeed there's a $25 pledge so it's $15 $1,500 goal 54 days that's you know if you're listening at home and you're wondering should I go log on to the Kickstarter page, you definitely should because it's probably still running right now. And is there anything as we're kind of wrapping up here, is there anything that we haven't covered that you would really, you just really want to get out there and make sure people know about you or the game or the project
1: itself? Well, I can, I can start with me. Like i like I said before, I was a hobby develop. I'm sorry about that. I was a hobby developer for home-based print and play games for my friends and family so i have 20 or 30 some ideas that could be fleshed into some sort of amazing games so smoking aces is just the first step i'm already <clears throat> sorry i'm already underway with project number two uh any help with smoking aces is a helping on project number two and then as far as the upcoming kickstarter campaign for smoking aces i am running a couple of promotions i think people might be interested in i'm doing a a day one promotion for all day one backers of any pledge level are eligible to win a free signed copy of smoking aces and then i'm doing a referral program so if for backers who refer 10 or more backers at the $15 pledge level they'll get their $15 reimbursed
0: Nice. So it's a good motivation to, to not only pledge, but to get to your, your friends, your family, your dog, everyone to pledge.
1: Absolutely, and I'll I'll give the dog two games.
0: The dog. There you go. There you go, folks. That's that's a deal you don't get elsewhere. If a dog pledges, he gets two games. Who else is going to give a, a dog two games? You're just going to see that here. Now, how can people, if people want to, you know, listen to this and they want to reach out and uh, communicate with you? How do they do that? Where are you on the interwebs?
1: On their interweb, hopefully everywhere. But uh, no, um, you can get me. You can reach me at Twitter at uh, pondjoker.twitter.com forward slash games, and then at Facebook at facebook.com forward slash games. And i recently have an, an Instagram, but I'm still getting used to that. So, but you do have a website, to... correct? I do have a website. Yes. Is it also um,
0: Pawn Joker games?
1: It's it's Yes. Yeah,
0: so there you go. You can, you,
1: you can find it on the social media sites. Excellent. So access.
0: reach out on Twitter, reach out on Facebook, find his website. And most of all, go to the Kickstarter page and look up, you know, it's in the show notes right below this, uh, where you're listening here, find smoking aces, pledge your $15, get a copy of the game, because from what we've seen here, you're not only supporting this game, but you're supporting a new company and a designer who's got a lot of stuff in the future. And, and you know, you're out there, people who are making games in your basement and haven't quite put them out here, out there yet. This is you in six months. So go out there and uh, make sure you're supporting your fellow. Right? Right. All right. Um. So I want to thank you, Nick, very much for joining joining me here on the Game of Thanks Crowdfunding. It was, uh, it was awesome having you. And for everybody at home, go pledge for Smoking Aces. I'm sure it's still on there now. Go do it. Thank you very much for listening. This has been the Game of Crowdfunding interview edition.
1: Thank you for checking out a United Geeks Network family member. If you enjoyed it and are looking for other online media with a geek culture slant, head over to UnitedGeeksNetwork.com where you will find Rolling Dice and Taking Names, a podcast by guys who have a passion for tabletop games and happen to have mics. They discuss all forms of tabletop gaming from board games to miniatures to RPGs. The United Geeks Network. You can broadcast your geekiness at UnitedGeeksNetwork.com.